All right, so episode episode fourteen, um, Mavs podcast. I'm Al Sidhome. You're Matt Sidhome, and we knew this day was coming. We've uh, been marking our calendars for January, and here we are, January eighteenth, and the Mavs are streaking three straight. Yeah, three. Three is a streak. Three is definitely a streak. Uh, After beating the Bulls, a joyous victory always over uh, Rondo and Wade. Uh, We we actually swept the Bulls this year. Ironically, I I wonder if it's (laughs) because those those two are on the team. But let's first first before we get into that, let's talk math. Three straight. we do like checking the tank rankings, and it's a pretty scary time right now for Mavs fans. We have what's helping us out is uh, okay. We've we've uh, I think we're five and five in our last ten, which is right crazy, crazy. Right. Um, but luckily, Philly is red hot, and they're six and four in their last ten, and uh, have really helped us out. Pete had a big upset last night of the Rockets. But they still only have 12 wins. Um, I think we've gone from like fourth to about seventh place. I think that's right. Yeah. Because yeah. the Lakers have, the Lakers have one more win, but they have uh, three, four more losses. So they're actually ahead of us. So basically, if I, if I understand the lottery correct, right now we would have the seventh to tenth pick if, like, the three teams could jump ahead of us would would push it down record-wise, right? So our worst case right now would be tenth pick in the draft, um, which is not as appealing as a top-five pick. Agreed? Uh, Agreed, although with everyone calling this such a deep draft and there's so much talent here, et cetera, et cetera, you know, that – Top ten pick in this draft is probably better than a top ten pick in other drafts. So, or even a top five pick in last year's draft. You know, I wonder. Yes, that's right. I wonder if the Celtics would even trade a Jalen Brown for a top ten pick in this year's draft. I think they would. You know, and so. Yeah, yeah, and they're looking uh, like they're going to end up with you know the top pick or the best chance at the top pick. Because Brooklyn is just looking like we kind of thought they would coming in, which is a really bad. Really bad too. Yeah, terrible. Boston has the best odds at the first pick. Um, hasn't really played out that way. I think last year Philly getting the first pick was the first time in several years that the worst team got the first pick. Right. So um, there's always hope for a lot of luck. Here's where the front office fear comes in for most Mavs fans, and that's basically. If the Mavs have, let's say, a chance at anywhere from the 7th to the 12th pick, they're going to be very tempted to trade it for a veteran. Am I right? Yes. Yeah, I I think so. The kind of quote-unquote worst this pick gets, the more likely that that Cuban and and Donnie kind of say, well, maybe we can roll the dice and and pick up, and I'm not even sure who that person would be, but, but swap this pick. To someone who becomes a seller and uh, pick up a not even necessarily a veteran, but a more veteran player than than someone young. And and look, I, I'm not necessarily of the ilk that you gotta 
you've got to take somebody in the draft and everybody in this draft is going to be great and we're going to make a great pick. But, you know, I think for a lot of Mavs fans, they're kind of sick of the, we traded another pick for, for this guy and we're never that team with sort of the up and coming, exciting young players. Like even, you know, we talked about Phoenix last week, you know, they have so many kind of, or younger players that they've drafted and, yeah, they're they're kind of fun to watch, and they're a little bit of an unknown because of things like that. Yeah, I mean, you bring up a good point because uh, Cuban will often say, or he's, I think he said on two occasions this year, like, there we don't really see a LeBron in this draft. And, you know, but then you look at two teams I think of are uh, not Philadelphia, uh, Indiana and Phoenix, and how they've generally had the... I don't know. They haven't had the first pick, neither of them. And right. they've, like Indiana found Paul George, I think, with the 13th pick. They found uh, Miles Turner with maybe 14th or 15th pick. They yep. found, uh, and then you look at Devin Booker, that was, I want to say he was right at the lottery line. Yeah, uh, yeah. Being that pick. And we would we would trade anybody on our team for those three any of those three players outside <laughs> right, of maybe right. Barnes. And right. so I I feel like that's a I'm hoping that's like a smoke screen that Cuban says something like that to kind of feel like, oh, we're we're going for the playoffs, you know, encourage fans to come to the game because the fact is that even the Cowboys have proven like you keep your picks, you draft well and you're just going to have a sustainable team with assets. And I think, uh, especially with the new CBA, the Mavericks have to take on that approach. Because, right, uh, right. Uh, I, I guess, I guess the, if they could get, if they had like the eighth pick and they traded it for like Moutier or Nerlens Noel, I wouldn't feel so bad because they those guys were lottery picks and they're, a few years in, and they've got great potential. So I think that would be my disclaimer. It would have to be a guy that was, like, under 25 and had all-star potential. Yeah, but I but I think the key, going back to kind of your point of keeping picks, you know, looking beyond, like, Indiana and Phoenix, look at the San Antonio Spurs. Outside yeah. of the big Aldridge signing two seasons ago, you know, Tony Parker they found at the end of the first round. Yep. Uh, Ginobili was a second-rounder. Kawhi Leonard, they drafted George Hill, which was a good pickup, and then swapped him for Kawhi Leonard, yeah. you know, just outside of or right around the end of the lottery. So, you know, that's a team that has consistently drafted well, and they kind of rebuilt on the fly from sort of the end of the David Robinson era into the we're full-on built around Tim Duncan era. So, yeah, uh, that's a case right there. You know, a ton of teams out there do a good job of keeping their picks and drafting. The Mavericks have just never been in that category. Uh, it, you know, except for years, it's like I, I think Devin Harris was a good pick. You know, back when after Nash left, I thought that was a good pickup. And yeah, um, but again, not. I think he was maybe an All Star with the Nets once, but never with the Mavericks. No, that's we're not even true. talking about an all-star level player. It's just someone who's been good and, and had and been in the league for a long time. So, you know, yeah, I could, I could get with, it's like if we're kind of resigning ourselves to 
these guys are just going to make trades because that's what they like to do, then, yeah, I mean, let's hope it's a trade for someone younger and who was a lottery pick and who has pretty big upside. But, you know, I think me and I think I speak for a lot of Mavs fans here where it's just let's keep this pick, let's get, let's, you know, if we're going to sit here and say we would have drafted Giannis, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Now, this, this is kind of the uh, the narrative, and we've talked about this a couple times this year about how it's like, man, we would have drafted Giannis that one year. All right. Yeah. Well, if we're that good at scouting and we would have picked this guy out, yeah, I'd love this. I'd love to reset on that. Let's let's go get that up that next Giannis. If he's out I there. agree, and that would have been the thirteenth pick, and and yeah. so that. That's my take on that. I, I, I lean towards keeping the pick. Um, if they do trade him, uh, hopefully it's somebody with all-star potential. And uh, getting to my second point, I, I do feel we need more picks. And um, I, I pretty much feel like anyone outside of Barnes is untouchable. And, or Barnes is untouchable. Everyone else is not. Right. I don't think they're going to trade any like I, I don't I don't see the trade out there. I think they value Wes Matthews too much. I, I think they would only take a first round pick for him and right. I don't think they're getting that. I think Darren Williams, you know, because he has a no trade clause, I I think he would only approve a trade to a, a city he really wants to be in. And um I just don't know a lot of teams that are gonna go after him other than maybe a Cleveland and they have nothing to give us. So I yeah, really, with a Darren Williams trade, or even at this point with an Andrew Bogut trade, it's like you're probably getting, if you're getting a pick and maybe like a trade exception or something like that, you know, that you can yeah. use down the line, but you're not, you're probably not getting a player of any value. And at this point, at least with Bogut, I'm not sure you're getting really a pick of any value. No, I think, uh, I think they've been hoping all year to get a first rounder for Bogut, and I think that's, Tim McMahon said earlier this year that several GMs have told them they could get a first-round pick. I think that was a planted story for uh, to kind of beef up this trade value. And it, I think it just died very quickly. I, I think they were trying to push that on the Celtics, and the Celtics were like, no way. We'll, we'll give you a second-rounder. And right. um, I think in the end they're going to end up with a second-rounder from Portland or Boston and just kind of just take it what it's worth. Because right now... We actually play better without Bogan. Like uh yeah. Yeah. seeing Powell and Salamesri out there, um I-, I want those guys to get the minutes because yeah. if-, if we get rid of either of them, I don't want another Jay Crowder situation where basically minutes prevented us from seeing that he could be a really good player. And so I just think they're. I think they're kind of done with Bogut. Honestly, I, I we've heard nothing trade rumor wise, but I, I can't see him. I, what do you think? It's like ninety nine percent that he gets traded before the twenty third of February. Yeah, I mean, I, I just don't see. I totally agree on the on the Mavericks play. They definitely look better without Bogut. Unfortunately, he's come in here. You know, it's almost the opposite of the Tyson Chandler situation where Chandler was kind of banged up coming in and they weren't sure what he could contribute. And he got really healthy while he was here in Dallas. And, um, you know, obviously it was awesome for us. 
But then Bogut was has been pretty good, you know, the last several years for Golden State and even when he was in Phoenix, but or I'm sorry, Milwaukee, but um yeah, since he's been here it's like he's he's gotten banged up and yeah, when he's played he really hasn't done much. I mean, I think he still does lead the team in rebounds, but some of that was we're a bad rebounding team and he's really tall and gets the rebounds that you know, the few rebounds we do get kind of just go to him. But uh yeah, I, I I just don't see any reason why he should stay with the team. <laughs> I mean, yeah. this isn't a go-away situation like Rondo, but I, I completely agree. I'd rather see Powell and, and Mesri get minutes and continue to develop, and I think those guys have both uh, both looked pretty good. And, you know, Bogut hasn't been a teammate. He hasn't been a disruption. But I, I think at this point, I think he's known all along that he might be traded. Yeah. And maybe that's what's affected him since he's been here. I, I don't yeah. know, but no, I agree. But yeah, I, I think it's hard for a veteran to go to, you know, from a championship team to an average team at best, um, and really kind of get the best output. Really, like I, I don't, you know, I don't know if it's some subconscious thing, but you know, he's getting older, his body's breaking down, and and I think you know he's got a nice fat salary, so it, I. I don't blame him. Like you said, he's been a good teammate, but uh, there's really no purpose for him to be on the team. But they won't cut him. So no. they need to trade him somewhere, get a second rounder, and just move on. You know, I, I I think knowing the Mavs, they will wait till the trade deadline, hoping the value goes up. Because mm-hmm. um, really, you just need two teams after him, and then you could, you know, create an auction-like setting. But, uh Yeah. I, I see no alternative. I see no alternative. Yeah. Now, we are three and a half games back of the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. That's where yeah. things get really tricky right now because you got to think like Dirk and Matthews are just like, let's go for it. Let's get that spot, you know, because yeah. they could, yeah. they really, I feel like if they could eke up to the seventh spot, match up against the Spurs, like, They've got that irrational confidence to think like they could beat them, and um, right, right. And you know who knows? Uh, even if we pushed them to seven, like we did a few years ago, as fun as that would be, I'd still rather have the pick, you know. And yeah, I think in the league being what it is right now, I mean, and I know Golden State just hammered Cleveland by thirty the other night, but those yeah. are your two best teams, and those are the teams you're probably going to see play for the title in June. So the Mavericks making the playoffs, and it's not like, you know, back in 99 or whatever, right after Cuban got the team, when, when the Mavs kind of eked into the playoffs and they played the Jazz in the first round, it's like, yeah, maybe a lottery pick would have been good, but we were so young at that point that it was really fun to see those Mavericks in the playoffs, you know, and they end up winning a series, too, on top yeah, of that. Yeah. but. You know, well, at this point, but seeing the veteran Mavericks get into the playoffs, that doesn't do anything for for anybody. No, and keep in mind, too, that team had its core built already for the most part. When you've got Nash right. and Nowitzki, it's just like, that's a different story. Well, right now, we have Barnes. And anybody else being here in five years is fair game. You know, I, I really... I don't know. And and even though Nash ended up leaving, that wasn't the plan. 
the plan was we've got our two cornerstones for the next 10 years. And right. so, yeah, it's kind of like Minnesota should want to make the playoffs this year yeah. because they're in that same spot where it's like, you go for it. You're, you're not playing for picks anymore. Right. And um, I think we are, I think we're in a tough spot because a lot of this is being driven by not trying to piss off Dirk, you know? And I, I think if Dirk went to the front office and was like, look, I'm cool with you guys trading anybody and everybody. So we could build, start building for next year. I think they do it in a second. I, I think they're, they're loyal to Dirk and they don't want the team to even appear as rebuilding right now. And so they're trying to like, Backdoor into the pick a little more, so you know. Well, and I, I actually kind of think a little bit the opposite. I, I don't think Dirk is necessarily the, the obstacle there. I think they really, I think they believe West Matthews is a building block. Yeah, you know, I think they think they've got a couple guys, sort of part of a new core with Barnes and with Matthews. Uh, you know, and even. You know, Seth Curry has been starting lately. I think he was their second leading scorer last night against Chicago. So yeah. I, I feel like they they think they may have something with Curry, and I think they really like Dwight Powell. And so I think while you're right, uh, they do want to stay competitive while while Dirk's here, and they want his career to end well, and, and they just want to stay competitive in general. Like Cuban does not like to just be bad, but uh, I would say I think they. I think they think they have a few more building blocks than most of the rest of the league thinks. <laughs> yeah. If that I makes think, any sense. I think that's pretty fair. I think, yeah, they definitely overvalue the guys they have. Because, I mean, you just think of Dwight Powell or Seth Curry on Phoenix right now. And, I mean, I don't know if I would take, uh, what, T.J. Tucker, Marquise Chris, Alex Lynn, um, any of those guys over them, you know, they're, they're not even, they would be in the rotation due to like injuries, but I, I don't think they'd really be playing ahead of those guys. Right. Um, I doubt it. Yeah. Like they'd be in the mix, but I, I think both of those guys are getting heavy minutes on a team where it's kind of just necessary to, to your point about Jay Crowder. He never got yeah. the minutes here because of circumstance Whereas yeah. he goes to Boston and he looks a lot better. Uh, maybe in a different situation, Jay Crowder doesn't look that good. I mean, you look at uh, Al Farouk Aminu, who in his one, you know, near the end of his one season here in Dallas, he he started to really come on. He got a big contract in Portland, looked great last year. Everything about that team's a little off this year, but it's kind of like, what is that guy going to become eventually, or or is this it? What he is, you know? Yeah, maybe it. Uh, yeah, yeah. And that's that's hard to say with some of these guys, you know. Are we seeing with Seth Curry? Is it like okay, he's he's coming on? I mean, okay, well, how can he get close to his brother? Like, yeah, you know, I think there are some people in the front office who are who are probably thinking he could make he could make that leap up to that level. Yeah, I don't know about that. I mean, I like him as a he's a great shooter right off the bench. He's uh he's another guy in that Jet Terry mode where um he could be a great just kind of combo guard off the bench, you know, that can yeah. just light it up. I still like Darren Williams in that mode, but Williams, like you said, similar to Mavs front office, I think Williams still thinks he's an elite point guard. You know, and I no think doubt. that's no doubt. 
if he was a little more honest with where he was, I think he could extend his career quite a while by being a 20, 25 minute guy off the bench gunner, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, um, I don't know. We got to see what happens with that. Um, so with Darren Williams kind of, kind of going off topic a little bit here, but okay. with the Chris Paul injury with the Clippers, he's out six, mm. eight weeks. They yeah. really suffer when Paul is out. Yeah. Do you think there's a chance the Clippers maybe consider a, a Darren Williams move? Because for I, Darren Williams, it's a good move, right? Like he would probably yeah. accept that trade. I think he'd love to even go to LA. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you then, could play uh, him as a two, you know. Oh, what could, could play they offer a, us? Yeah, that's that's what I don't know. I mean, you probably, you know, their their first round pick would be low. I don't think um, they. I think we would take a first rounder, but I don't think they have their first rounder this year. I think okay. it was traded. Was it the Jeff Green trade or some other trade? But we may be getting a first like in 2020. Or right, okay, 2019, which honestly I'd still take because that yeah. would probably be a good pick for um, the Clippers. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely making that call. I would even do a conditional uh, second that becomes a first, maybe, or a lotto protected first, something like that. Like I'd be totally mm-hmm. open to that because you're right. I mean, they they've been struggling with Chris Paul and without uh, Blake Griffin. So right. they, I, I could see Doc going for it. I really could. I think there's going to be a temptation to make a pitch for Carmelo. Either, I don't think Carmelo will say trade me, but if Phil Jackson came in and said, hey, I'm trading you at Clippers for J.J. Redick, I think um, Carmelo would accept that. And I think... Uh, <laughs> I think the I think Doc Rivers is crazy enough to do that. I don't think I would do that at this point, but I think in his head he would be like, "Oh, now I got four superstars to compete with Golden State. We could beat them." You know? Right, right. Even though team chemistry would be awful. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I you know, Chris Paul is very big on threatening his team. Like he threatened the Clippers to get Doc Rivers or he was going to leave. And, you know, if he knows that deal is on the table, I, I think he would be like, you have to do this. You know? Right. Yeah, and Doc Rivers would cave because he's very into thinking more like a player than a GM. And mm-hmm. um, I think he would just see it like, okay, let's make a run. Let's do this, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so that the two trades combined might be too much. Um, going after Carmelo and Darren Williams because I right. they don't they don't really have assets period so right right but yeah long story short yes I think the Mavs would definitely take a first for Darren Williams I don't and I I, I did just look it up the Clippers first rounder this year goes to Toronto yeah okay and so their next one available would be 2019 which would be great right. I would love that pick. Right, right. Yeah, and Darren, you know, I think Darren Williams has been hot enough to make a compelling argument to do that trade for the Clippers because if you think about the Clippers right now, they're not going to get any better next year than they are this year. They're they're locked into that roster, and 
I don't know. I, I, I feel like they, they might feel like, you know, maintaining a top four seed is worth it to get out of that first round and try to get to the conference finals somehow, some way. Well, Paul, Chris Paul and Blake Griffin are free after this season, right? Blake is, I didn't know Paul was. I think, I think he is, um, or at least a player option or something like that. But, uh, yeah. yeah, it's like, that's why there may be a little bit more urgency for this deal if they feel like they have to keep things together because they're kind of all in on this season. Yeah. And if things fall apart or if they can't, and that's why the Carmelo trade is also, you know, definitely on the table, you know, Doc, Doc would push for that because yeah, if it doesn't work this season, uh, who knows? You know, next year I think they've got DeAndre Jordan and JJ Redick definitely locked up, but I don't know how much anything of anything else. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense because then they come back with Melo and Chris Paul, and maybe they do a sign and trade with Blake and get uh, I don't know, just get some other like a deeper team. Yeah, that. Yeah, and you know, with the lore of LA. They could just think, like, we'll always get free agents. We don't need the pick. We should go for it now to increase depth. So. Yeah, yeah. Agreed. Interesting. Interesting. Well, let's see here. We've got a couple more minutes. I want to talk about uh, the Texas Legends' latest signing. Did you see that today? I did not. I, my Google alert for Texas Legends has failed me. <laughs> so, well, fan favorite Dewan Blair has been signed by the Legends. Also, oh, really? Yeah. So I feel like as exciting as that is for myself, being a big Dewan Blair fan, I fear again this may encourage Dirk thinking playoff run upset in the first round. <laughs> <laughs> Dewan gets in shape. Back. Yeah, think about it. Dewan gets in shape. Uh, lighten up D-League. We trade Bogut for a second round pick. Open roster spot. We bring Blair up. We're like a game and a half out of the eighth seed. It's just... It's like, it's like horrific and compelling all at the same time. You know? Well, you know, if the Andrew Bogut trade happens, I think it's more likely that you see Dwan Blair get brought up. That's what I just said. <laughs> <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, I just said that. I said Bogut totally gets traded. That. Oh, I missed Bo- the Bogut gets traded. Dewan gets in shape. Open I, I just spot. heard Dewan gets in shape. Uh, we could cut this out. We could just cut okay. this out of the podcast. Yeah. I'll still edit that out. Yeah. <laughs> edit it out. It would be like some elevator music. But... um but yeah, so I could see it happening again. Yeah. Marketing alone, I think it would be great for Mavs fans, but um I do fear again what it would help us. <laughs> <laughs> the worst the worst case scenario is that it helps the Mavericks. Yes. Again, I mean, cuz it's just like there it is, you know, Sala and Dwight Powell are giving up minutes to like an eight-year veteran, however many years he's in, and it's like uh, who's really not a building block. Like I think we both love him, like great guy to have on your team, whatever. But yeah, we love him like we love. Yeah, we love him like we love Brian Cardinal. You know? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes, yes. 
and he's going to do some good things for you from time to time. But yeah, it's like if you need a throw into a trade, guess what? Uh, Brian, pack your bags. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The janitor is not the nickname you want for your building box. Okay. <laughs> the janitor. It is not. It is no. not. No. No. And so, uh, anyways, that's an exciting little tidbit. Um, all right. The week ahead. What does it look like? We got heat tomorrow night. He's tomorrow night. It's in Miami. Uh, then they've got the Jazz. I think that's on Saturday. Uh, at Utah. No, at that's Utah. at home. Oh, is it? Okay. I think it's at Utah. Yeah. I think it's and at then Utah. Home against the Lakers on Sunday. And then um, they play another bad team. I think it's Minnesota maybe next week. Knicks. Knicks. The Knicks. I think yes, that's who it yeah. is. Yes. Yeah, it so it's like the Knicks on like Tuesday. So yeah. three out of the next four opponents are pretty bad. Yeah, and we played Utah tough in Utah last time. So yeah, we could be talking next week about a seven-game win streak. We could be talking about six of seven. Yeah, or potentially. We could be talking about how we had a great week going 0-4 in competitive games. (laughs) The Mavericks have righted the ship and lost four in a row. Yeah, if we right the ship, because, you know, a loss to the Lakers and the Heat would really help us out in the standings uh, for for just the top five pick. Like, the more I look at the draft, the more I feel like we want to get in that top six. I think six... You have definitely uh, building blocks there. And so, uh, yeah, I think uh, this next week's going to be interesting. And the good part is January was supposed to be the easiest part of the schedule and where the maps right. made up a lot of ground. And despite the three-game losing streak, uh, I still thought we would be a lot closer to the eighth seed. Like, I, I was fearing, like, literally being, like, a game out at this point. So, that yeah. bad week, that bad week we had a couple weeks ago, um, it's really paying dividends now. <laughs> so <laughs> with our with our win streak. So, well, I think it's going to be interesting. Uh, you know, as tight as it is at the bottom of the Western Conference, you, know, you you get three out of four here in the next week, and and they really might be within a game of the playoffs, which would be insane. Yeah, yeah. So this week is going to be pivotal to seeing what happens at the trade deadline because uh, I think if we were like, you know, I don't know, closer to the bottom, closer to the trade deadline, I think Dirk would sign off on any trade because he'd be looking big picture. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So pivotal week for the Mavs. And uh, we need some trade rumors. It is way too quiet. So hopefully, yeah, there really have been. The only, the closest thing was just the Phil Jackson and Carmelo Anthony are going to talk about <laughs> possibly him leaving, which is hilarious. That I mean, that is a conversation, but yeah, yeah. That's the, the rumor was a trade rumor. The rumor was Phil Jackson asked him, "Do you want to be a Nick?" <laughs> That was the that's the biggest rumor of the week, which that's not a rumor. So I we all know Which by the way is so much more aggressive than Phil Jackson normally is. He's one of the more successful passive aggressive people. 
on the planet. He, uh, because apparently there was some article in the New York papers written by like a friend of Phil Jackson's that kind of just said, we should trade Carmelo. He, he's wasting his time here. Yeah. And people said that was like a plant by Phil Jackson. And no one was surprised by that. Which is also it was, uh, was it Charlie Rosen? It was Charlie yeah. Rosen. Yeah. yeah. And Charlie Rosen came out and said, I am not Phil Jackson's sound man or, you know, sounding board. And just like right. whatever. I, uh, yeah, we might have to do another podcast on just what was worse, the uh, the Rondo trade or Phil Jackson to the Knicks. You know, who regrets <laughs> what worse? Because as embarrassing as the Rondo trade has been, I think there's a strong argument uh, that the Knicks are more regretful of of Phil Jackson signing. Correct. I think there's an argument to be made there, yeah. There's an argument, yeah. There's an yeah. argument here. Um, all right, so we're going to leave on that low note. And uh, <laughs> until next week, uh, go Mavs, sort of, right? Sort of, go Mavs. All right. Sort of. I'm Alf at home, your Mavs at home, and send us a tweet at, at the Mavs podcast, and uh, we will read it on air. All right. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Until next week. See ya. All right. Take care, man. Bye.